last two days. Bam, we're live. Oh, for your back? Yeah. And, and it, 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 it actually helps. I don't wake up with my back hurting, which is kind of nice. But I'm stiff still. I'm still pretty stiff. Um, it, for longer than, I mean, usually at home, by 10 a.m., I'm loose. Now I might stiff until like 5 p.m. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Hey, you think, um, you think Nikki Rod's coming with shirt or no shirt? No shirt in the bathroom. No shirt in the bathroom. Nikki that's my guess. Uh, Jason Kleba shirt. Maybe even collared. <laughs> Possibly even collared. collared. Definitely in his uh, studio there. Amanda, good morning. Jeez Louise, good morning. Uh, Jeffrey Birchfield, good morning. Bruce Swang. Well, it's not oftentimes that Savon just bounces and here I am alone. At first I freaked out like I hit a button or something. I, I double okay, swiped <laughs> up and I, I, I double swiped up the sorry. No, you're was good. Weird. It was weird. Jody yeah. Lynn, good morning. Jody Lynn made a comment in the comments saying that she was surprised how nice Jason was, uh, um, uh, Justin Medeiros was after um, me tearing into him on one of the shows. But man, what I when I tear into people like Justin Medeiros, I see it as all backhanded compliments. It would be like if someone said to me, man, like, damn, Sevon, the way your pants fit you in the front is weird. You have something in there? I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, is that a compliment or a put down? Like, like when I say Jesse Maris looks like a baboon, like, hey, like, like he's the champ. Yeah, fuck yeah, I look like a baboon and a fucking gorilla and part Godzilla. I don't, it's just so interesting that anyone would take it as a, um, I don't think he did. I think he. I don't think he did either. But I think she did. I think Miss Miss Lynn probably did. Like they think it's a. um, Yeah, it's funny. Maybe it's because I'm just so arrogant. I think if your name comes out of my mouth, you should just be happy. (laughs) Then someone else in the comments said, "Holy shit, Sevon's narrative. Sevon's narrative is falling apart. Um, The champ. (laughs) What's your narrative? Well, first I go, God, I hope my narrative's falling apart, but I don't think it is. But God, I hope it is. Jason Kleba, hi. Good morning. Well, I was wrong about Jason. I thought he'd have a collared shirt. Totally wrong. I don't think he could hear us. There we go. Settings. Settings. Hey, can you hear me? Alisa Carr-Redow. Yes. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. You got, you you got, man. Hey, Savon, what's up with that background, bro? You're going all professional on us or what? No, no. I just wanted to. If if Nikki Rod's going to do the bathroom thing, I'm going to do the fucking kitchen thing. Like, (laughs) I, I got, I got, I got rooms too. Dude, look at this guy. You it's, should see how tan I am. Look, I can do that too, Nikki. Mm. <laughs> hey, Savon, I'm not gonna lie, bro. When you when you are right on top of Nikki Rod on my screen, there is a distinct difference between your physique and his. <laughs> Put Nikki on top, then. Put Nikki on top. Oh um, man, I gotta turn off this glare. It's too much glare. Nikki, what happened to your phone, dude? Um, can I guess you got a bad girlfriend? You had to switch numbers. Oh, oh no! Actually, I it got stolen, oh. and uh, yeah, with, along with all my my bag got stolen at like after practice. I had my phone, my chain, my wallet, my gun in there. It was it was rough. Yeah. But wow. We, we got tr- good. Can I, can I hear more about that story? Where were you training? Fucking Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> so in in Austin, we have we have some like. Uh, homeless people here and there and they uh, love- let's let's be honest drug addicts who have chosen to live outside instead of uh, go inside go on yeah i mean more more than likely but um they must they had to be a, 
watching me because I like I put my bag on my uh, on the back of my truck and I I ran inside for back in the gym for a, like a tissue. I must have been like twenty seconds and boom, it was gone. So for sure, they were probably keeping an eye on us. Bro, you got your you got your wallet, your phone, and a gun stolen. And my chain. I had my gold chain. It was, it was Fuck. Oh, it, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Is there a, there a, you know, you can't get, can't be slacking out there. You got to be on your toes. Hey, did you, um, did you, you don't sync your phone with like, uh, in the cloud with like your Apple app, something like my shit. Uh, yeah. Synced up. Like I, I just get a new phone and it looks like my old one. Oh, with yeah, a better I, camera. I have some stuff on the on the cloud, but I just like can't be bothered. I just go not my number. You didn't have my number. I texted you. Who the fuck is this? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I lose my number. You text me back. Lose my number. Yeah, that was just me being irresponsible. I didn't save it. You know. <laughs> um, I uh, I think he first popped on my radar through this guy, Mister Kalipa. So, what's up, Jason? How you I doing? Thought, hey, appropriate to invite him on. You know, feeling good, man. Ready to rock. I. Uh, Dude, it's good to see you. I've been uh, been enjoying, uh, you know, your prep, getting ready for ADCC, and and uh, yeah, man, everything's going great. How's the new school? How's it been? How's B team? What's cracking? Yeah, B team's great, man. We're, uh, you know, I think it took us a little bit to find like uh, our routine because, you know, previously we were training under John Danaher, and you know, he he, he was kind of the leader of the team. We just kind of follow him, and you know, we had to establish our own schedule. And specifically for like an ADCC prep schedule, and I think once we kind of uh, you know had that written in stone, then it made it a little bit easier on us. Nice ADCC Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Yes, sir. Rich, cool dude organizes it, runs it, has his people run it. He's like a prince in from Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely, definitely Abu Dhabi royalty is. Uh, is in charge of, of running it. And man, they, they do a great job. They, you know, it used to be just an event for like, like just kind of like a private event for, um, for the Royal family. And now, you know, it's become this, this worldwide uh, endeavor and it's growing the sport, man. And normally it would have taken place in Abu Dhabi. And is this the first in Vegas or no? I think it's the first in Vegas, but not the first outside of Abu Dhabi. Like they've been to Finland before previously, uh, Brazil and a few other spots as well. When you find out it's in Vegas, are you just stoked? You're like, yes. Yeah, for sure. I'm. Uh, I'm all about you know staying home. <laughs> if I don't have to travel much, uh, that, that's better for me. Um. So I've been just getting trying to get caught up as as much as I can on. It's a, it's really kind of amazing how little there is to watch if you type in ADCC 2022. Yeah, I'll- most of this stuff's getting done on Mo's Instagram. Uh, it's, it's very like, dude, here's the thing, Savon, like this guy, Mo, who's, who's kind of like the, you know, I'd say the orchestra he's, he's in charge. What's his he last put, name? I want to pull up, pull up his IG. What's his uh, last Jasmine. name? Jasmine. 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 Mo Jasmine. Like, like the plant. J A S M Y J A S M Y. I think. Let's have a spelling competition. Each of us will take turns trying to spell Jasmine. I, I can spell <laughs> J A S S I M. So his Instagram is uh, Hasim. At, I'm gonna go with Hasim. Mo Hasim. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. What, what are you talking? I don't know if this is Yeah, Look at that thick hair. Jasmine. <laughs> me and me and that guy run a few terrorist attacks together. Oh, Mo, Mo Hasim. Okay. Yeah. So 
he so he'll be on his uh stories on ig and he'll be like look there's like he'll just be sharing the news about what's going on and his audience is just super engaged so to put in perspective Savon, not only have all these people qualified for like the the world championships which nikki has as well but also they have an open division that they capped out at 1200 competitors or 1100 competitors and they hit it they hit it before the deadline so this is going to be a major, major event, a big step in the right direction for uh, combat sports and jiu-jitsu in particular, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this event alone, um, you know, it, if you if you get gold, it's going to change your life, you know, like no matter no matter what. So that's the goal, man. Um, yeah, the, the last ADCC was a huge spectacle and, you know, we got a lot of notoriety and it for sure grew the sport. But it seems like this year... Um, after this event, uh, there'll be more high-level media interested, like maybe in the SPM, maybe like an Amazon Prime. So I think uh, I think it's likely that the the brand ADCC gets affiliated with a more uh, high-end media source, and uh, that'll really push us, you know, to that next level. Um, so tell me, you're entering basically two divisions: your weight class and an open division. Is that how it works? Yeah, so there's a there's an open tournament for, that's that's not the ADCC World Championships. So like ADCC World Championships will be uh, Saturday Sunday, but like on the on the Thursday or Friday previous to that, um, there's like a like an open tournament where like you can just register and compete, but they capped it. They sold out at like a, a thousand competitors or something. So we have essentially two events where we'll be at the, at the open, just like, you know, talking to the fans and stuff. And then we have the world championships on the weekend, which is, you know, then it'll be go time. So in that you, will you compete in that open with the thousand or so? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I'll only compete in the world in the world championships, which will be Saturday and Sunday. And what weight will you compete at? I compete at, at ultra heavyweight, which is anything over 99 kilograms, and also the absolute division, which is there's no weight class. What, say, what's the second thing you said? The what division? It's called the absolute, which, where there's no weight classes. So you could go against – you could have uh, guys, somebody that's 120 pounds against somebody that's 300 pounds. And, and, and do those run simultaneously? Will you be in two brackets at the same time? So it'll be uh, – the, the, the weight classes – by themselves, they'll finish um, early Sunday, and then immediately after the absolute start, so it'll be a whole nother tournament. And um, wh- which one is it? Which which is it in the weight class or the absolute or both? Where y- you might cross paths with uh, Gordon Ryan? That'll be in my weight class. Absolutely. Oh, he's in your weight class. Yeah, because he ju- he jumped up. He he went like uh, pre the year before he was under ninety nine. It was like one hundred two hundred five, and now he's like two hundred forty pounds or something like that. Hey, Savon, maybe for the listeners who aren't as familiar, just because like I, so I'm competing uh, on Friday in a jiu-jitsu tournament in Vegas, but for these guys, right, they want to go win. So they had a Friday qual- before. So you're, you're competing on the, on the 16th. No, no, no. I'm, I'm competing like, like, like today is, uh, oh, the okay. I'm competing Friday. in a couple days, but my tournament's much different than Nikki Rod's, but to, to qualify for ADCC um, and Nikki, please correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a former uh, podium finisher, you get a natural invite, and ADCC occurs every two years. It's like the Olympics of jiu-jitsu. It's, 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 it's what people are training for, but it's specifically no-gi, which is getting a lot more steam behind it than gi, primarily because it's a little bit more uh, fan favorite, a little bit more higher pace. And um, Nicky got his invite because he took second uh, two years ago, um, but then others had to qualify throughout the world. They had trials. 
And then if you won your trials, only if you won it, you then got invited to ADCC. And then those individuals compete at their weight class. And then based on how you do, if I'm not mistaken, if you win or if Mo invites you, you can be qualified for the absolute. But Gordon Ryan won't do absolute because he has what's called a super fight uh, against another gentleman. Uh, it's, it's a little bit complex if you're, right, not, if you're right. not familiar with it. I, you know, it's funny is I watched, I watched like three hours of shit yesterday and I didn't understand it until you just put it all together. I, now that all makes sense. Everything you're saying makes sense. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, um, uh, uh, and that was how you came on my radar. Cause that's, there was that uh, movie made about you. And if anyone hasn't seen it, just type in Nikki Rodriguez, it's called black belt slayer. And it shows his, uh, ascent to the ADCC from last year. Right. Is that, that's basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they uh, they pretty much or made a, ago. made a documentary of, uh, my trials run. And then my first experience at ADCC world championships and, uh, yeah, I mean the black belt sir. I think I I feel like a lot of people know me because of that uh, documentary. They kind of give some um, more perspective into you know into the event and just kind of uh, what it takes to compete in a in a place like that. When you watch that, um, when you watch that Nikki Rod from two years ago, what are your thoughts about him? It doesn't even feel like me, really, because um, my game has changed so much. Like I do have some, I do have a, a lot of similarities to what I was doing previously like the wrestling hand fighting stuff but i have a, a much wider variety of attacks and uh just uh in general you know like i only had a year year and a half of experience during that tournament so i was very limited on my uh my ability to attack people in in different ways and and now i have a much more diverse game because it's been uh been four years yeah i've been training for four years now so i have twice as much time on the mat and, uh, yeah, man, I think it's like, you know, it really is like, it's good to be strong and fast and stuff, but knowledge is power in our sport. The more, you know, the, the more you're going to grow. I, I saw your most recent post, uh, you show you're on Curtis blades back, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, he, he's a big boy. He, he makes me look small. You know, like he's got inches of height and, and, and width on me and man, he's, uh, insanely strong like i remember being on his back at one point and he would like grab he like reached over his back and like grabbed my form and just kind of yanked me off of him definitely uh you know different different kind of human wow. and, and it seems like anything that goes to the ground in the ufc no one in the ufc wants to go to the ground with that guy no i mean he's a, he's a big wrestler he you know so he's doing um, so these guys what happens when a curtis blades like, are you just are you just in the gym working out, and all of a sudden you see at the door there's a shadow, and he comes in. You're like, holy fuck, Curtis, is here to fuck with me? Well, a lot of the fighters come come by and spend some time with us, maybe a couple of weeks or a month or so. And um, you mean a lot, like a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like I saw Volkanovski in there, I think. Yeah, we get we get quite a few uh, UFC fighters and Bellator fighters, just fighters in general. And they they uh, you know during their camp they want to stop by, work on some technical things. Because what we can offer towards the UFC fighters is the wall wrestling, uh, the ability to hold your opponent down, the ability to get off bottom when necessary. So we can implement those different uh, skills and tactics to them, and, and really help their game plan uh, when they're in the cage. In that in that thing with uh, Curtis Blades right there, do you ask him before you post that? Hey, dude, I have a, a video of me on your back and submitting you. I'm, I'm posting it. 
Yeah, like uh, well, cool we, or not cool, and he's like before cool. the training. I, I will ask like, are you guys cool getting filmed? Like, if not, no problem. And they're all about it because the social media, like that that video got five million million views, and like that kind of that'll give him some followers and some clout as well. So you know, I think the fighters understand that social media is a, a pretty important game, and it's easy for them to kind of shut off the ego because like I'm a specialist in my sport. You know, we're not in the cage, we're not fighting. You know, if he's throwing punches at me, it's going to be a different game. And the way he carries you around, like you're not even on there. I mean, you do submit him, but he might as well just be wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, he's. Uh, I'm like a featherweight to this guy. Hey, yeah. Nikki, do you have you ever heard of a guy, Alan Galani? He's out of one championship. He he fights out of Hong Kong. I think yeah, the name sounds familiar. Dude, this guy's massive. He came to our gym, and uh, <laughs> I rolled jujitsu with him. And uh, it was an experience. Uh, uh, Savon, if you all look him up, it's A-L-A-I-N is the first name. Last name is N-G-A-L-A-N-I. And so this guy comes in and he's traveling from out of town. And boy, oh boy, he uh, he's also an MMA fighter. To your point, Nikki, like, you know, it's not like we're striking together. It's a totally different game. But uh, yeah, when you have one of those big boys on your back, it's a whole different uh, game. So, anyways, just they're, uh, they're high level athletes, man. It's a different level of like uh, effort that they put out. Oh, dude, aggressive. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Hey, so when uh -oh. that dude shows up at your gym to just roll, does immediately the instructor go, "Jason, he's yours," and you're like, "Well, fuck." So, so this guy, he was in town, um, and so we ended up doing a podcast and just uh, getting to know each other better. And then we we ended up going over to Kyle Terra's location to go to go roll. And what's funny about him? So this guy's super sweet, super nice guy, but obviously a, a killer in the cage, right? Been fighting since he was six. And so we hey, can we see more pictures of him while Jason's talking? Thanks. Sorry, and, go ahead, Jason. And so we get to uh, we get to the mats, and um, so at this point, I already got to know him for a couple hours, so I feel more comfortable with him, right? But we get to the mats, and I put on my geeks. I'm competing in a couple of days, so I wanted to get in some rolls. He goes, oh, "Okay, I'll, I'll roll with you." And so we, you know, we kind of give the little whatever. I was like, hey, man, this first one, like we literally just got there. Let's just take it easy. Let's just flow roll like nice and smooth and warm up, right? You say that to him. You say that. Yeah. And yeah. so he like kind of gives me the nod. 30 seconds later, this guy is just, just he, I, I, I could watch the way he just ramped it up. Like he, he didn't intentionally do it. He just got in the zone. And man, it went from zero to 100 real quick. And it's just interesting with that mindset, right, where he's been fighting either through karate, kickboxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu, judo since he was six. And he has one speed. And uh, that speed came out when we got on the mat. There was no uh, flow roll <laughs> going on. <laughs> Nikki, I had uh, Madaris on yesterday. That's the fittest man alive. Mm -hmm. And he, has a, he comes from a, a wrestling background. And I said, hey, are you chomping on the bit to get in there? And he said, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'd like to, you know, wrestle and do some jiu-jitsu and grappling. I just really don't want like two egos to collide and like something bad to happen to me. I would just need to find the right person to roll with, you know, um, does that person, <laughs> Jason, does that person yeah. exist? Are, is there like, if someone comes into your gym, Nikki, are you just too dangerous? Are you, is it like, um, Hey, I'm going to turn, are you a lawnmower? I'm turned on its no, back. Like, on its I'm a way to roll with me. I'm, I'm, I'm usually, uh, well, I'm always in, in control. You know, there's no like, really spazzing around i mean there's a lot of effort put out for sure but uh yeah i mean i i know what i'm doing it's not not likely for you know people like people don't really get uh banged up too much in, in our gym 
Um, you know, more like when there's like blue belts level, some, you have some people like spazzing around or like what really hurts people is falling body weight. So any, anytime somebody's like jumping or leaving the ground and then coming back down, that's like when injuries occur. Like that, like that cartwheel I saw you do oh, over God. some guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. that's a bit risky, but it's a, for me it's a controlled cartwheel. I've done thousands of reps, you know? Yeah, when you were so saying why? people get hurt on accident, you weren't talking about yourself. No, no. Like, I'm sure you've seen this with your kids, Savon, but, like, if, if people are interested in getting jiu-jitsu, whether it's Justin or others, I actually think the best people to roll with are not white belts and to kind of progress to a higher level because guys like Nikki and others, they know what they're doing, you know, well, like that. <laughs> so, yeah. It's crazy. It looks like it's in slow motion. Hey, Nikki, what's your training looking like right now? So we are – Today is the 30th, right? So you're competing in like two and a half weeks, give or take. So I'm curious, like, how are you at with your weight cut, uh, if at all? Uh, what does your strength conditioning look like, workouts? Uh, what's your jujitsu look like? Are you doing any type of taper? I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, this is like the final touches. This is like the, the, the salt on top of the meal. So the curious. event's 16 yeah. days away, right? We're about 16 or 17 days away. Yeah, so like the – essentially the, the hard work is done. You know, right now we're just uh, – we're just focusing on, on staying fresh and, you know, staying sharp. Um, but essentially the, my schedule has been, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, jits at 8 AM and 12 PM. And then, um, and then like 40 minute cardio at night, at nighttime, which is like six thirty seven thirty, And then every other day, just jits once and cardio at night. Um, and the cardio could be like, um, uh, you know, like, a CrossFit circuit, or I'm a fan of the rowing machine. You know, I'll get on there. I'll do some interval training with the rower just cause like, I can't always push myself to like that extreme limit in practice. Cause one, the training partners, like sometimes they break, like, you know, they just can't go that hard. And I'm pretty efficient with my movement. So it, like, it's hard for me to, to really, really get tired in practice sometimes. So, um, I like to come home, you know, get on that rower and just zone out. I'll, I'll turn music off. I'll just be in fucking silence and just be fucking pulling and, and envisioning and, and, and just kind of seeing uh, seeing the tournament in my mind before before it happens, you know. So that's kind of my schedule. So guaranteed to work out today, jits and, and uh, a session at night. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have two jits and then cardio at night. Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I got I got a follow up question for that. Yep. So I know for weigh-ins at ADCC, there's this interesting dynamic where weigh-ins open at six a.m. but they close like four or five hours later, and so you have a five-hour gap between when you can start weighing in and then when you uh, compete, right? And so I'm curious. You have to weigh in every day. So do you wake up earlier and go to weigh-in? I'm curious. Like, do you go to the weigh-in at six a.m. Or do you wait as long as you can to go to weigh-in so you can get more rest? I imagine every athlete's going to have to figure out what's best for them because the way they're doing it is every day you have to weigh in. So, like, what does that dynamic play in? Because it's not like you're weighing in once. You have to do it every day. And think, then it's early in the morning. Yeah, I think if you're cutting weight, uh, it'd probably be best to go to bed early and weigh in early. Like, you, you obviously don't want to get six hours of sleep before an event. You know, you need eight to ten. But uh, I would say it's probably best to weigh in early so you have a long – 
uh, time to recover, you know, get rehydrate, refuel and stuff. Um, but for me, I'm not, I'm not cutting any weight uh, just cause I'm in, I'm in the, you know, the heaviest weight division. If, if anything, I'm going to be the smallest guy in my weight class. And I'm okay with that because honestly, cardio is much more important than, than strength. It's not about how, how good you are, you know, five minutes in. It's like, what do you look like at the 15-minute mark of the match? So that makes a, a big difference, and I think endurance goes a long way. And I watch a lot of I watch a lot of CrossFit stuff just because I feel like I feel like you guys are very well-rounded athletes. Uh, you know, you have ability to sprint as a as well as ability to run a marathon and hit a, a, a PR at the same time. So um, I think I can. I like to implement that kind of mindset into my jujitsu. Um, how do people really, I don't know if people understood the implications of what Jason just said there, but basically normally if you're going to fight, you weigh in a day before the fights and then everyone can get fat and it's a done deal. You only weigh once. How, if you have to weigh in before every day, are there, how can anyone cut weight? Right. Because. Well, I think you just uh, like, uh, there's something about cutting weight to like, even if you're, you know, you're kind of malnourished a little bit, it kind of makes you a bit more hungry for competition. Like maybe uh, uh, if you ask me, I think it's it's best to not cut weight and be, you know, as hydrated and as fueled up as possible and, and eat for performance. But some people it gives them a little bit of edge if they're a little leaner, a little meaner, you know, I don't know. Some people, you know, t- take advantage of that. Um, you're in the 99 kg. How many pounds is that? 220 uh it's like i think it's anything over like one like 215 anything over that weight, i believe and then that and then that's it so you could come across a dude who's 300 yeah i've had a few guys that were like 360 340 270 there's no cap at the top it just goes yep so if like andre the giant roll if some dude's 74 450 pounds rolls in you got him yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've had matches in ADCC where, you know, uh, Lachlan Giles is like 145 pounds and he goes against a guy that's, you know, 270 pounds. So you have a huge weight discrepancies. God, the, that, I wonder how stressful that is for the, the judge who's out there on the floor. Uh, yeah, I'm sure pretty stressful, but it's a small man game, dude. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen the little guy win plenty of times. Can you, could you, in, in, in um, jujitsu, you could pick, you can, I mean, in this, what you're doing, you could pick a guy up and throw him. Yes. You can pick a guy up. You can, you can throw him. You can slam him. If they have a submission on you, you can slam him. You can slam out of the submission. Like if it has an arm bar, you can pick up and, and drop him on the mat. But if you're arm barring or triangling an opponent and you're getting picked up, I mean, you should probably let go because it's not really worth a concussion, a back in your life. I've just seen you pick a guy up by both legs and spin him in circles, and I just kind of picture you. In, if 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 you came across a guy who was one fifty and he was on his back, you could just grab him by his ankle and start swinging him like in a fucking cartoon and just throw him off, off into this. Yeah, thing. I mean, one fifty, two fifty, three fifty, all of them. They can all get picked up. It's no problem. <laughs> it's fine. It's one. From my from my experience, I don't know if Nikki agrees with this, but like, oh this yeah, guy, this it. poor fucking guy. <laughs> he does <laughs> tap. He does tap. So at the amateur level, uh, and Nick correct me if I'm wrong, like our level, like there's no slamming allowed. It's there's a there's a rule set against it. But you know, one thing to take into consideration is like you think these small guys are like it's way easier, and you can just like flip them around and like yeah, there might be some of that. But man, if you get some of these small guys who they they also have skills like bigger guys like Nikki and and, and others don't have, like like they're super flexible and dynamic. They start like rolling around, like they start like 
baramboloing and doing all this weird shit. And so sometimes, at least for me, and I don't know if Nikki feels the same way, some of these smaller guys are even more challenging at times to roll with because they're so dynamic in their movement. I don't know. Do you feel that way, Nick? I mean, I, I, I'm not at the same level. So at least for me, it's tough sometimes. I would say for sure the smaller guys are more difficult to deal with because uh, the bigger you are, the more inclined you are to use your strength as an advantage. So, like, when I go against a bigger guy, I'm like, oh, he's just going to try to use his muscle and I'm going to outmaneuver him. And that's what the, the little guys have. Like, they, they don't have the ability to outmuscle you, so they're going to use technique. And that goes along with and I, I find that the, the smaller opponents typically have much better jujitsu, and uh, their game plan fit, fits pretty well into uh, something like ADCC. Your brother's going too, huh? Jacob's going. Yeah, J Rod won won the won the trials a few months back, and he he too he had a similar ascend where um, he was training for a year like a year and a half, and uh, he won the trials seven out of seven submissions, and you know now he's in the world championships. Um, are you uh, are you stressed out at all that he's there? Does it make it more fun for you? More stressful? Is it? Uh, I think it just makes it more fun. You know, we've been co- competing you know, alongside each other since since I can remember. I, I started wrestling at you know like uh, twelve thirteen. Jay Jay started at like I don't know six or seven. So wow, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, we've been wrestling alongside each other, and you know that would just uh, kind of be a different sport. But uh, same attitude, same mindset. Um, in, in this interview that um, Gordon Ryan did, uh, they asked him if he thinks he's going to meet up with you. He said it's definitely a possibility. He said you guys will be on other sides of the bracket. Um, and uh, if you guys meet up, it would be, it, I think he said in the finals, he said that you were the most physical guy he's ever gone against. I mean, aren't all the guys, I didn't even, I didn't understand, since I don't do jujitsu, I don't understand that, but aren't all you guys fucking physical? What is yeah, that Yeah, everybody's mean? pretty physical, but um, I think it's a different level of effort that I, I bring forth. Like, a lot of these, uh, well, a lot of the Brazilians are more lax, right? They're like they like to take breaks during their during their uh, matches. They they like to rest when they can, and I'm all about pressure. I like people to feel that I'm there every second, and uh, you know when you're in a match with me, I want you to go home and I I want you to be sore and and, and realize you know um, what you just went through. So yeah, I, I don't like to give people breaks, and uh, if I can break you in a match, you know whether that's physically or mentally, I'll take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah that's the, the game seems to be changing. It's it's it, at least that's my perspective on it. The game seems to be changing into more like what you're talking about, Nikki, versus the old school Brazilian, especially in no gi compared to gi. It just seems like the athletes are changing too. Yeah, I think it's a. I think the the Americanized like wrestling of it is bringing that more aggressive attitude, that aggressive style towards jujitsu. I think now the next like. Uh, the next rise of jujitsu athletes is going to be the kids that are in middle school, high school wrestling with no, no longer have the goal of going to college to wrestle. They're like, oh, okay, I'm going to wrestle to get good for jujitsu. I think that kind of attitude will, will, will help grow the sport and, and really help, uh, help it become more entertaining. Cause if you have two, you have two athletes that really want to win in there and, and aren't about taking breaks and, and really want to push the pace, um, that's gonna that's gonna kind of give us that X factor as uh, as a sport. He um, he also said that he's uh, that he said two things that might be a little contradictory here. He said Gordon said that um, he's completely different than the last time you guys have rolled together, but he also said that no one knows him better than you either. 
I think uh, no one knows him better than me. I think that's pretty fair to say. I mean, with the exception of like probably Nicky Ryan and uh, John Danaher. I mean, I've rolled with the guy, trained with him essentially every day for three, three and a half years. So I know what he does. I mean, he knows what I do. Um, and yeah, you know, Gordon has the ability to to change and to evolve as does every athlete. He has John Danaher, you know, co- coaching him. So, you know, John's a, uh, an innovator, you know, by himself. So I'm sure he's got a, a bunch of different things that he's going to do. I watched his, you know, I watched his matches. He, he had a match with Philippe Pena recently and looked good, man. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a phenomenal competitor and, uh, you know, ain't none. in this sport, you you really have to go out there and you have to compete against the best in order to in order to be the best. And you know, you got to be him if you want that number one spot. Hey, Nikki, and go go go. Any chance you guys come back underneath the? Any chance that B team comes back underneath the? Comes back with new wave in the future? So you know, basically, I, I, you I guys have, go back to Donaher at all? Yeah, I mean, I I have no idea. I mean, I've. Uh, it's it's hard to say no to training other a guy like John Denner. I mean, like Gordon's great, but John is John is the one that has like molded our careers. You know, it's like brought us together, showed us, gave us this knowledge, and and single handedly elevated the sport because he's implemented things like leg locks and and uh, taught us you know the correct way to do different passes and stuff. I mean, the amount of knowledge that. I have gained and my team has gained from him is, uh, I mean, it's, it's impossible to replicate. Why do you ask that Jason? Have you heard something? That's no, I'm just curious. question. Well, I'm just curious because, you know, you have these guys that are training out in Puerto Rico. COVID happens a bunch of, you know, COVID was just like this time in, in the world where a lot of things went down. I mean, including in the CrossFit space that just were like, fuck, like you look back and like, damn, like, but it just, there was a lot, there was a lot going on in general. And emotions were high and whatnot, and so you see these two teams split off, where you have, uh, you know, Nikki and and uh, actually Gordon Ryan's brother and others kind of go off and and start this, you know, team called B Team in Austin. Then you have uh, Gordon and and John Danner come back to Austin and actually start a different school. It's like, wait, hang on. So you guys left this place, and there was like some beef or whatever. Then you guys end up in the exact same city, opening up two different schools, like there's got to be a way for you guys to kind of come back together again. Cause it, it's probably going to be good for overall jiu-jitsu and probably good for all the athletes too. Like it's good for Gordon to be rolling with Nikki uh, and it's good for Nikki to be rolling with Gordon. I, I would imagine. No, I, I think the, um, the competitive them being in two separate teams is good for it too. I mean, even Gordon yeah. said, Hey, it's what everyone wants to see. Everyone I guess you're, wants, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it causes some kind of like uh, some rivalry, which yeah. is probably good. He, he was yeah. extremely respectful, by the way. There was no venom in his voice. When he talked about you, he, he kind of – I mean, I don't know the guy. I don't know if he always talks like a robot, but he just like spoke like a robot. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's pretty – he's the same uh, – he's pretty consistent for who he is. Um, but, yeah, man, he's, he, he's got a good game. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I never like to say never because I, I don't know what the future holds. But uh, – but who knows, man? You know, things change from day to day. So, uh, but right now, you know, we're just as a team, we're just focused on ourselves and, and focused on ADCC, man. And we we get some gold gold medals at, as a B team. I mean, it's it's going to elevate our lifestyle tremendously. Dude, the 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 
reputation you're building from all the UFC fighters. I mean, obviously something crazy is going on there. It's just a parade of the greatest fighters who've ever lived now. I feel like, I mean, the fact that you guys had Volkanovski in there before is nuts and, and Curtis Blades, it is truly nuts. Yeah. I mean, if you watch Volk's last fight too, I mean, he against or, Ortega or not, not his last fight, but you know, the fight he had against Ortega, he had a, uh, some really, really fundamentally sound uh, submission escapes. And it's like he was in there working with Craig Jones. Craig hooked him up, showed him exactly what to do in those tricky situations. And he, he pulls it out, man, and ends up dominating the fight. So I, yeah, think, he uh, said, I think he said, I don't know if it was when I interviewed him or someone interviewed him, but he said when he was at B team, they said, get on, we're going to put you in a rear naked choke and in the worst position over and over and over, and you're going to have to get out of it. He, I think he gave you guys credit for getting out of that. Yeah, well, that's good, man. I mean, honestly, what we could do for the UFC fighters is, you know, the wall wrestling, and then we could just make them so sound on the ground to where if you get on top of the guy, he's just you're going to drown him. And then if you're on bottom, you're getting choked, we can get you out every single time. So that's the kind of advantage we could give towards the fighters. That's the, awesome. the, the green thumb show you were on, was, was that with uh, who, those guys interviewing you? Is that – um? Cypress Hill and be real. That that is Cypress Hill. Yeah, so a few of the guys from uh, Cypress Hill, and then be real was supposed to be on there as well, but he was he was like uh, he was on tour with Slipknot at the time, so he, oh, I didn't get a chance to meet him. But he's got an awesome crew, man. Really, uh, really um, like uh, nice environment, I would say. Um, I can't even believe Cypress Hill is still alive. I mean, that's Dude, who I used to listen to when I was a fucking. What kid. a throwback, man! I can't believe yeah. it. And Slipknot too. I haven't heard that name in forever. And, yeah, and, yeah. It's a massive out. YouTube account. It's a massive podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was pretty happy they they had me on there. It was, uh, it was cool. In, inside their building, they had like this old school car, all candy painted out. It was pretty sick, man. It was a nice spot. I was surprised that you smoked weed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, they asked me. As I would just think you'd be like, I'm putting that shit in my lungs. I got, especially when you, I hear you talk about putting pressure on people. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I think a little, a little marijuana is not bad. You know, it's probably better than alcohol. Um, and when you say a little, like, so you don't, you wouldn't sit down and just smoke. You don't smoke a whole joint. You don't get to a point where you're coughing or like, oh fuck, I burned my lungs. Dude, if I'm being honest, I usually yeah. smoke uh, before training. That's like my, right. and that's it. Yeah, usually, like, I mean, I work out a few times a day, but uh, if I if I am going to smoke, I'm, I'm going to do it probably before training. Uh, for me, it makes it a, a bit more fun. And I used to have this problem where, like, I would try, I would try too hard. Like, it would, and it would, it would set me back. Like, my level of effort would be. Would I've be seen fun. that happen to Jason in, in a stadium before. Oh, you know, boy. In front yeah. of 15,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nikki, I couldn't resist. No, it's all good. All good. It, yeah, for, for me, it's about like, Jits is about, uh, you know, being cognitively clear and then also pacing yourself, ha- uh, conducting a pa- competing in a pace that you can keep for an extended period of time. So, like, um, I was brought up with a wrestling mentality that, you know, try harder and that's better. And in some situations, yeah, but, you know, like I said earlier, knowledge is king and it, the more you know, the more you'll be able to grow. Hey, Nikki, so let me ask you this question. So if you go and, uh, you know, you smoke before practice or whatever it is, if you have multiple training sessions, are you only doing it begin, uh, before one or do you just like kind of do it before multiple sessions a day? Um, yeah, I'd probably do it before multiple sessions. 
Uh, but not all the time. I mean, like, I don't know. It just makes it more fun. Like, if, I, if I'm, like, groggy, like, some people do caffeine. Uh, some people take pre-workout and shit like that. I mean, I drink some water, some Gatorade, and, you know, a couple of hits from the day, and I'm, I'm usually good to go for a long time. Do I would freak out if I couldn't drink coffee before a podcast. Oh. Almost 600 podcasts in. If I didn't drink coffee, I'd fucking freak. Uh, if I do coffee, I feel you on that. I feel if I do coffee, that. it's usually after training because I have like a crash after training. So coffee will pick me back up and I'm kind of level for the second workout. Dude, I like the I like the coffee and the cold plunge. But I, the reason why I ask is because as you're as you're getting prepared for ADCC, I'm just curious, like, dude, you're gonna go smoke before your tournament at ADCC. Like, because if you're practicing that way, like typically like people always talk about like, oh, this is my game day nutrition. It's like, well, dude, if your game day nutrition is peanut butter and honey, well, then why weren't you training that ahead of time to see how your stomach reacted to it? And um, I'm curious, like if you're training that way leading up to it, why wouldn't you do that when you're there too? You know? Yeah. Does it smell like weed at ADCC? Like in the hall? I'm I serious. Mean, I, I'll smell like weed at ADCC for sure. Um, uh, I, yeah, I mean the culture, the, it's a smoking culture, I would say, but For sure. uh, I honestly, I didn't do it before, before jits. I was like completely against it. And then I tried it, uh, and trained one time and I was like, Oh, I think, uh, I think I like this. And yeah. So like last ADCC for sure. I'd like, you know, I smoked a J before, before the tournament started. And I, no I, way. Yeah. So like most people, I guess when they smoke, they're like pretty calm and they just want to chill. I smoke, I want to fight. So that's just mm. what I'm accustomed to. And it's, uh, it's just been kind of, you know, part of my lifestyle. No, way. there are those dudes. I'm sure Jason knows it too. Um, uh, you have to know it at B team, but there's the, I, when I'm taking my kids to jujitsu, there's always those guys that walk by and they just smell like a fuck. They smell like a grow room. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Especially the gi on man, because if you have a gi in a car, it's going to smell like weed for sure. The real question is for, well, I saw some of the questions coming in on the comment section, but the real question is when's Savon getting into some jiu-jitsu? I mean, this guy, you, you, you talk about it like you love it. We got to get you in the, we got to get you on the mat, Savon. Oh my goodness. I'm so afraid that I'm fucking going to, I'm going to tweak my back out there and I'm oh. never going to be okay again. Bro, you're going to be good, man. You just got to find the right training partner, someone who's really good. And is that true, Nikki? I can do it without, I mean, I do CrossFit. You think hey, I can do it without getting hurt? I, I see a little content coming up. Maybe we would take him through a little <laughs> roll, Jason. We, me and Devon will come out there and roll, roll a little bit with him. Yeah, it'll keep you healthy, Savon. I think it's, uh, it's good to know how to handle yourself, you know? You ever been in a fight? Not for a long, not since high school. I'm 50. Well, I, I just slapped my kid around the other day. He's seven. <laughs> fucked him up. Give him double like me. I went down, dude. Like it, you, if you give six months of to jujitsu, you're talking like ninety percent of the world. You could you could throw down to the ground and, and beat their ass if you had to. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. How old are you? I'm fifty. Oh, you're good, bro. You don't look a day over forty. You look well, good. What What's the oldest guy at your gym, uh, Nikki? Uh, I mean, we have a pretty competitive like gym. It's mainly people that want to do jits professionally. So probably like Tim Kennedy looks like he's sixty four. Yeah, he does he come oh, in there? Tim Kennedy has a Tim Kennedy is one of those guys that puts extreme amount of effort out when he's on the mat for sure. You'll you'll know that you're old with Tim Kennedy. Your <laughs> your back will be sore. Your neck will hurt for sure. So, so and I'm just joking. He's not. He, he's probably like forty, right? Yeah, yeah, no, he's forty-ish, yeah, something like that. God, right there, he looked more yeah, like James K. Taylor. He looks more like a lover. But look how small he looks next to Nicky Rod, and he's fucking massive. Like, there's a video of us uh, doing jujitsu together, 
or I don't know. I'm sure there's something of us staying. Uh, he's he's huge. I mean, but Nicky, that's just a you out you out angled him for sure on that one. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the angles for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nikki, what is that like with people who train at both gyms? They train they train over um, at Dan Hare's gym and your gym. Like someone like him, like I see I see content from him coming out of both camps. Yeah, I mean it's it's no problem. You know, I'm, I'm not like holding any grudges. I don't like care if people train here and there. Uh, you know, I came up cross training. I was when I first started jits, I was training at multiple different gyms. Uh, you know, throughout the week. So I I think uh, you go you got to go where the tough roles are. So I definitely respect it if you're trying to if you're trying to seek out that adversity. Um, I do a show on Friday mornings uh, with the with this uh, UFC fighter named uh, Darian Weeks, and then a comedian Justin Nunley. And Darian's uh, a welterweight in UFC 171. And he told me before fights he does he does three weeks of edging. Do you know what edging is? Is that like uh, like not coming? Yeah, three weeks of edging. That sounds kind of gay. discipline why is it why that sounds that's discipline that sounds like how you're gonna get prostate cancer you're not wow wow Wow. that doesn't sound safe wow hey and i I just saw another study that if you go seven days without ejaculating on your eighth day you have a a testosterone spike but that it drops down the next day i have a i have a theory to this right because there's plenty of people that like to like edge or like Get to yeah, get to to where they're gonna come and then don't. I th- people think that like oh you have to save it. I think if you keep your balls empty, your body be like fuck. Like we gotta keep producing test. Right. So right I think if right. just busting all day long, you ain't gonna yes. wake up. Your body's gonna be like oh fuck, we don't have any. We have to keep making more. So you go from one a days to three a days. Exactly three a days. Yes. I've but never I, heard it referred to I, as edging. Yeah. <laughs> um. It, uh, t- totally to- not much off uh, do, do you know what your record is my record yeah um or mo- did you ever try to set a record as a, as a kid most ejaculations in a day oh, oh. Fuck, probably five six seven i, I think yeah. i could go i could go unlimited if i if i had the time it starts to hurt it starts to hurt a little bit it's weird uh, okay you can probably need proper lubrication I, I, I went for a record once as a young man, I, I, seven, and it, it, it's it, it really is like not, the seventh one is nothing like the first one. Not, you're probably just dopamine depleted by the. By the <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're sh- it goes from shooting something with that's really smooth to like almost like shooting sandpaper. It's not. It's weird. It's weird. It's like it's just the it's just the soldiers and not the uh, just the swimmers without the lube. It's weird. it's weird. I see. I see. Anyway. Oh my god! I, I had to ask. Do you still have the same girlfriend of twelve years? Uh yeah, you're engaged now. You so are you're engaged. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. And you're 25. Uh 26. Yep. Do do you, is there is there an end um is there is there an end for you like are you like okay at 36 I'm going to be doing this? Like do you see Yeah, I think at 36 I'll probably be like peaking. Uh it seems like it seems like heavyweights um hit their prime a bit later like um 25 is it's usually a good time for prime but seems like the bigger you are usually the later on in life you'll be you know hitting your peak muscle maturity and peak testosterone and shit like that so i think 35 i'll probably be hitting uh my peak stride and then uh you know hopefully own a bunch of businesses and stuff you know i have like part and part owner b team i have some other stuff going on as well 
Yeah, I mean, in, in JITS, it's not enough to, just to be athlete. You have to be a bit of an entrepreneur if you really, really want, want to, like, you know, have a good lifestyle. Do you consider Jason big? Yeah, Jason's a big, big boy. Yeah. He is. I mean, what, Jason, in your, what's your biggest oh. size during competition? Were you like 205, 210? Yeah, I was like, uh, when I was uh, competing in CrossFit, it was like 210 was like my go to. And when I tried to get lower, I felt weaker. When I tried to go heavier, I couldn't do all the gymnastics. So I like like that 208, 210, uh, which, which I weigh. So interestingly enough, right now I weigh like 212. Um, I'm competing at 222 with the gi on. I don't want to worry about weight. I don't want to have to like stress out about that because I'm not good at cutting weight because I never did it professionally. Um, so on Friday, that's what I'm competing at. But yeah, man, I, I've tried to go. I'm debating about trying to see 199 on the screen. I haven't seen below 200 on a weight scale since probably eighth grade, I think. Oh, wow. Um, well, yeah. I was a fat, like I was a big kid. And so I, I'm debating, this is a, an idea I have, which is, dude, I've, I've gotten down like 201 for the Jitsi tournament a little bit ago, but I've never seen under 200. So I'm thinking about doing that leading into the Rogue Invitational. That's at the end of October, just for the hell of it. And see if I can get below 200 for the first time in are you, are you 20 pretty years. Are you pretty shredded at like 201? Oh, bro, I'd be, yeah. I mean, cause right now I'm not like, I'm like, I'm okay, you know, but I think at 200, I think I'd be pretty, pretty shredded. Yeah. I, that's why, I, that's why I kind of want to do it is I want to see like how shredded can I get? Hey, in between, for CrossFit, right? Cause you guys always ate for like your diets for performance, not for cutting yeah. thing. Um, are you eating like during a workout? Like say, say you have a, say you're rolling, right? You're doing jits rolls and you have a 40 minute session and maybe take a 30 second break, like, or a minute break here and there. Are you doing like strictly water? Are you going to eat some gummy bears and Gatorade or, or like you just going to hydrate and go back to it? Yeah. It depends on the duration of the event. Like if it's a really long training session, I'll add in some type of sugars. Um, I particularly love like peanut butter and honey. I think it's a great, like, I think it's a great energy spike and a little bit more consistent energy with a little bit of fat and a little bit of protein in there. Um, but yeah, in, in general, it depends on how long the duration of the session is. But like if you're doing like an hour or two hour long, just straight cardio, yeah, you'd want to probably have something in the middle of it. Or if you're training and you want to like find that depletion stage where you're just like fucking getting wrecked, that's also not bad. It's just if you're if you're trying to train for performance, you'd want to fuel up at some point. In particular, when you're when you're um strength training, like if I'm doing a uh, if I'm doing like a strength session, I'll maybe have like a little snack and then and then I broke up my training days into three sessions. So like even today, for example, I was in the garage. I worked out with my kids because that's just what I do at 6 a.m. And then I'm going to go train with the, some other group. And then I'll probably maybe do jiu-jitsu later on. So I have meals throughout the day. But training for performance, I want to see, hey, how does this food make me feel? And it's not so much about getting lean. That just becomes a byproduct of all the training. So say you're doing – like sometimes you work out three times a day. Right? Like it, Hypothetically, if you're in – you're in peak um, preparation for the games, right? Um, if you're training three times a day, how long are the sessions and how intense is each session? Yeah, so typically this is like my – this is in my opinion what I think works really well, which is you wake up in the morning, you do some type of like fasted, uh, like longer duration cardio. Like let's just call it like 30, 40 minutes on the spin bike, 30, 40 minutes on the assault bike, running, whatever, like kind of like just – long slow distance cardio and then midday i would typically do like a, a like a two hour 
CrossFit session. That would be like couplets, triplets, heavy lifting, stuff like that in the middle of the day where I'm like awake, I feel good, I've already had something to eat. I, I don't like lifting heavy in the mornings. I need my body to start feeling primed and ready. I find that when I lift it in the mornings, it just wouldn't help me perform well. So in the morning, more longer cardio, because that's pretty easy to do right out of bed, like I did this morning. Then later on in the day, get into some like traditional CrossFit, right? That would be like, you know, a 20-minute session, uh, chill for a minute, get in a heavy lifting session, chill for a minute, hit in maybe like a seven-minute and hit different time domains where you're hitting anaerobic, aerobic, you know, five-minute burst to maybe 20-minute burst in the middle of the day. And then in the evening, that's where I would go for stamina building. So evening stamina building sessions were traditionally EMOMs. And what I like about them is, let's just take a, I wanted to build up my lat stamina, right? I would do an EMOM of 10 strict pull-ups every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. Or I wanted to build up my shoulder stamina. I would do 10 strict push-ups, handstand push-ups every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. Or I would get in 500 air squats to develop my leg stamina. So it would go like morning cardio, afternoon was like my real session and then evening was just my ability to develop some type of stamina in some gymnastics movement that maybe I was struggling with. Oh, wow. And that, when's the last time you did something like that, Jason? Um, years? You ever yeah, done it? When's the last time you did a three a day? So like, well, it's tough to say like right now, my current training protocol, like right, right this minute is I do jitsu every day. And I also take our class pretty much every day. So right okay, now, so two days and dude, sure now. Jits, like it beats me up, especially right now, man. I'm, I'm going hard with guys getting ready for this competition on Friday. But then uh, starting September 5th, um, like on Monday or whatever, I'm going to be all in getting ready for the Rogue Invitational. Not even because like I'm like competing in the pro division. I'm competing in the legends division, which will be fun. It's more so just like a I heard you took it really serious last year. I heard dude, like I, of all the people there, you were fucking like the most serious. You were like, fuck, we're winning this. Dude, so I took it, I took it really seriously the first That's year. Awesome. Sure. Uh, I love you. You're it dope. just gives me something to train for, right? So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting in the work. So I'll probably be doing like two a days. I also want to see, like, you know, Nikki brought up a good point. Like, I'm 36, right? I started doing CrossFit when I was like 20 or 20, yeah. And I thought that I was peaking. I actually think I got like man strength now, or whatever you want to call it, old man strength. And I want to see like what I'm, what I'm capable of, you know? So I'm going to pivot my goals from jujitsu right now to pivoting to seeing what I could clean and jerk, seeing what I could snatch, seeing if I could get some numbers and, you know, shit, maybe even do the open. I don't know. I just, I, I want to have something to kind of drive me right now. I'm feeling inspired and ready to rock. When I, when I saw you in San Jose uh, at that tournament six months ago, how much did you weigh? Cause you look lean as fuck there. Uh, at that one, I, 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 not that much different than what I weigh right now, okay, but okay. yeah. But oh, you know when you saw me though, I came off forty days of eating just meat and some fruit, and so I was, I was pretty, I was pretty jacked at that one. Yeah, you looked fucking nuts. How, how was your performance on meat and fruit? Um, perform mental clarity was really good. Performance probably suffered a little bit, um, but because I had the carbohydrates from the fruit, it wasn't as bad. It just. Um, what I needed in my body to eventually learn how to do is, is, is use fat as a fuel. And so I do think there's some benefits for athletes to get into a state of ketosis, like, like look for like a ketogenic diet and try it for a while. In the beginning, you're going to feel like shit. And then afterwards, you're going to start being able to transfer and, and utilize these fats as fuel, which I think actually could benefit. So I was also wearing a continuous glucose monitor. I was doing like a whole bunch of an analysis. It just wasn't sustainable for my lifestyle. Like I'd be going out to eat with my family and I'd be that guy who's like, Hey, I'll just take a steak. And like, I don't know. It's, it's like, 
you know, it's like a birthday and you're not having a muffin. It's like shit. That's not something I want to do. Uh, uh, Nikki, um, uh, have you ever thought about having a harem? Would your what would your wife consider a harem? A harem? What is a harem? Like just where you have a bunch of girls, like they all get along and they all hang out at the house together. I think the Mormons call it polygamy, but the the if you're Abu Dhabi guy, you call it a harem. That sounds like sounds like winning. <laughs> sounds like a championship lifestyle right there. A uh, harem. The uh, in former times, I don't know why it has to be in former times. I used to have a harem. The separate part of a Muslim household. I wasn't Muslim. I don't know why it has to be Muslim. Uh, reserves for wives, concubines, and female servants. So, Savannah, you had you had multiple multiple ladies at one time. Yeah, that whole harem in college. Hey. Hey, just oh, for the record, fucking harem of girls. I'm looking at these comments. It, just for the record, I have not committed to competing in any masters competition. I'm just doing the Rogue Invitational. And yes, it's Jason versus funny. Rich, 2024. Jeez, hey, jeez, Louise, this one's funny. Jason's taking it all seriously, and everyone else is having fun. He's still going to get beat by Rich. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. I like that. But Jason, no, you, just, I, you, you spent, uh, Jason, you spent some time with guys like uh, Rich Froning, right? Oh yeah, it spends yeah. a lot of time with him. <laughs> yeah. So what's uh what do you think's the difference between a guy like that and like your your standard like top twenty you know CrossFit competitor? I mean, Rich in in particular, you know, I spent a lot of time with him because him and I competed on Team USA for CrossFit when they had it. We competed on it three years in a row together, so we would train a lot together in preparation for that competition. Um, and we stood on the podium a few times together as well. So I'd say the difference maker was, I mean, his dedication to the, to the craft, his dedication to the sport. You know, the, the, it, it, well, I'd say it's twofold. Number one is showing up on game day, which I'm sure you've seen. There's plenty of guys that go in on the, on the mats and they can't perform. And number two is literally just his relentless pursuit, man. I mean, all day, every day. Like I thought I trained hard and then you go there and it's just like you're just in his barn or in his basement, like literally all day, every day. And so I think it was a combination of those things, like his dedication, his ability to perform because he was very athletic and still is. And then, um, you know, his God-given talent, you know, he also had a lot of faith in, which I think drove him, right? He believes that, you know, God gave him a gift and he wants to go express it. And I think things like that help him perform. So yeah, I'd say it's his mental toughness and it's his grit and it's his, you know, consistency. Who's the, who's the CrossFit GOAT in your, in your opinion? The goat? Well, I mean, uh, Tia Toomey. Wow. You're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. So if you want, if you want, I mean, she has six straight wins. Before that, if I'm not mistaken, she took two seconds. She's also an Olympian in in um, in a uh, uh, Olympic weightlifting. Jason, stop avoiding the question. What about dudes? <laughs> um. Well, for dudes, it's it's okay. For dudes, individual. It, overall in the sport, I think Rich, because he has more championships than anybody else from individual and team. He's just been dominant for like a decade. But individual for just for just non-team, then it'd be Matt, because Matt has five and uh, first places, and Rich has four. And I think you that's... You need to put Jason in a headlock and ask him again. Just really get it just cinched on there and just... Keep asking him a few times. He's a, he's 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 dancing around. I'm dancing. dancing around. I'm dancing a little bit. It's not, it's not as easy of a question because like you could also make the argument Rich and Matt only competed the games together once, and Rich won. But you could also then say, well, Matt went on to win five first places. So it's like, I don't know, man. I know I'm waffling. It's because both the guys are incredible. So sorry, I'm not that controversial today. 
um, 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 Nikki, let's say you're training. Um, so where does innovation come from in the sport? Let's say you have, let's say you have a really strict schedule. You're going to train twice and you're going to, this is in the morning is going to be, I, I don't know how you break it up, but when does innovation come in? And does it come with, you have to be like, okay, fuck, I'm going to have to abandon my training today because I want to innovate. I, I, I think I, I've spotted something. I'm going to have to well, rework my uh, yeah. schedule. Innovation and learning comes, uh, comes like, you know, be either far before or after competition. Like if I'm a a, um, a couple months or a few weeks out from comp, you know, we're just sharpening the tools that we have. Um, but when you have a good break, when you have three, four months in between competitions, then you can fo focus on implementing uh, a new game plan or, or a new strategy. And, uh, and really, you know, that's the time to learn. I think some people try to like learn a little bit too much, uh, too close to competition. It can kind of affect how they compete. But, uh, you know, if you're close to competing, you're you're really not going to learn anything that's going to uh, change, change you that much. So for sure, like, you know, in between comps, if you have a few months to because for me, it doesn't I, I, very rarely can I learn a move and then do it on a world class athlete immediately. Like usually it takes a few weeks, a few months for me to really ingrain that because it's not just about the move. It's about all right. You have to learn a setup for it. Now you have to learn multiple setups. All right, now what happens if you fail this move? Now what's a sequence to escape if once you fail the move? So there's, there's a lot of things that kind of, uh, you know, intertwine when you're trying to learn. You know how he, he Gordon did that thing where, like, he, he hands the envelope, like, to the judges and then, like, they open it up and he submitted the guy with the triangle and he calls advance. Um, have you thought about doing that to him when you come across him, like, just to fuck with him? And, that would and, be and, 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 you, and then they open the envelope and it's just one guy standing behind another guy railing them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, maybe you could do that to your friends, but, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm more, uh, when I compete, I, uh, fuck, I take it, I take it pretty seriously. You know, like, um, I feel like when I'm on the mat and I, and I'm competing, I feel like this guy is trying to kill me, you know? So yeah. I kind of treat it that way. Yeah. I, I, I remember you, I remember asking you if, uh, in the last time you were on, if you take it easy on people, like you start to submit them and you feel like it's going to be something bad is going to happen. You stop and you're like, no, no, it's, it's tear the limbs off. Yeah. The thing is, man, like it, if you're in a submission, like say, you know, somebody's got you in a submission competition, they're going to try to break you. Like very rarely is the guy going to get an arm bar and like wait for you to tap. Like, usually he's going to try to break your arm. So you can't be nice to, to your opponents. You know, you, they know where they're signing up for, you know, as a, and as bad as it sounds, you, some guys will take a break and they won't even tap. So you break it, you can break somebody's arm and they, they don't tap and they're still in the fight. So you, you really can't have sympathy. You can, there's no mercy for the enemy when you're competing. Will your mom and dad go to ADCC? Yes. Yeah. They'll be there for sure. Wow. Hey, Nikki, what did you think about Gordon's? Uh, so with Penna, like, was it just me or was that like the weirdest fight of all time, given, given everything that was going on? I know there was a lot of emotions and a lot of – but like, was it just weird? Because he actually seemed like he was doing pretty good. It seemed like – I thought it was – like, I know Gordon said he wasn't ramping it up yet, but I thought it was like – it seemed to me like it was a pretty like, you know, yeah. good match. And then all of a sudden it just like ended. I mean, was it just weird to you too? Yeah, it's, it's an endurance game, man. And, and like, the more – there's a bit of a – psychological thing that goes on like 
if if you feel your opponent like kind of gaining momentum, it takes it takes like some momentum away from your mentality. So like the guy didn't tap because he got a submission. He he quit because he got exhausted. Like he was tired. He felt like he couldn't gain an edge, and Penna quit. I mean. And I, if I had to guess, I mean, actually, somebody asked me what I think was going to happen in the match, and I said pretty much what happened. I was like, I think Gordon's going to get on top of this guy and wear him out until he until he mentally breaks. I don't think Gordon was. I think he got a phone call. He got a swipe. He'll he'll swipe up and be back. He got a text. All right, boom, we're good. All right, sorry, we're good. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So Gordon. Uh. I think his goal was to just make him quit because I think I think he can sub Penna, you know, maybe he pull he can pull to a leg, he can kind of uh, you know get in, inside him if he wanted to, but I think it's I think it's almost a better win. Like it makes it it makes Penna look worse that he tapped because he was he mentally broke as opposed to a real submission. Like that's that's worse. Like you just, you just quit and there was no physical threat. There's no physical harm going on. You're just on bottom and you're giving up. Um, I think that's probably the best way you could ever win. Like if you just have, you just make an opponent, like imagine you're at the CrossFit games and you're a few steps ahead of your, this guy that's behind you and he sees you just killing it. And he's like, yeah, I'm done. Like I can't, I can't compete. With this. <laughs> like it's, that, that's pretty fucking impressive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've had I had one moment like that at a one event one time. But anyways, um, hey, how about when Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz were fighting, and you saw that in uh, in in their last fight? I'd never seen that in a UFC fight. Nick Diaz was just like, "I'm good," and and no one no one judged him for it. But do you remember that he he's kind of dropped. He's like, and Robbie Lawler's like, and then they just called the fight. Bro, it's fighting taking punches to the brain is is a different thing, man. Like. It, you're endangering your life out yeah. there. Uh, I think if if your body knows like I shouldn't be in there taking you know banging with these dudes, I think then you should you shouldn't be in there. Like a fight is not something you should take like on like sixty percent. Like you're you kind of have a little bit of a camp. You have to be all in if you're gonna hop in the cage. Is is there um are you interested in dabbling in that at all? Or, or you, it sounds like you're more like ready to be a businessman in ten years than a <laughs> uh, fucking. Jerry yeah, I'd much rather I'd much rather coach. You know, like uh, I think I think uh, it's there's so kids. Much- Are you gonna have kids? Kids? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have probably one in every weight class. I love it. <laughs> Good. That's a fucking brilliant idea. That's the best need, answer I've ever. Need heard. world champions. Can't let this bloodline go to waste. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so coaching for you? I mean, that's it's. Yeah, I think that'd be more fun for me. Um, I don't have to take any punch, punches, and I have the best grappling style for fighting. I have takedowns. I have submission game. If if you look in the MMA world, the best submission artists can't wrestle, and the best wrestlers can't do jiu-jitsu. The best medium of the both is a guy like Khabib, where he has decent jitsu and phenomenal wrestling and great ability to control an opponent on the ground and against the cage. So I think I, I'd have much more fun in life uh, de- producing and developing fighters to where they have striking already, and I can give them a solid game plan on the ground to keep them out of danger and help them dominate. How often do you um do you, do you strike? Do you ever hit bags or mitts? I mean, I've struck a little bit, just like you know, playing around. But I, I can't fathom MMA, uh, mixed martial arts fighting because like I'm I'm focused on jujitsu. I'm like I'm trying to learn as much as possible about one sport, and then you 
to even think about fighting, there's just so much other things you need to learn. It's so, like, I, I can't even understand, like, I the amount of time it would take for me to think that I'm ready and prepared to hop in a cage, it would take, it would take years. So I'm really not interested in that, but I, I like the idea of developing fighters. Hey, Nikki, I got to ask you this question. What do you think is the future of jujitsu in terms of the duration and the type of, of match? Because dude, when you go to these non ending matches, dude, it's like, come on. Yeah. And when you go for like an hour, <laughs> dude, that's a long time too. Like, at some point, it's all about the spectators. It's all about how many people can we get to come and engage with this event. So ADCC is 15 minutes. Then the finals are 40 minutes. Do you think that's the optimal like duration? Or what do you think is the optimal duration for the growth so, of the sport? So yeah. you'd be in there in the finals, Jason? He'll be in there for if, if it's like him and Gordon, it would be, they would be it, it's like go and then it's 40 so, minutes of yeah, them so in a circle? It's 20-minute uh, regular time. If there's no points, you have two 10-minute two overtime, so 40-minute final wow yeah so it's a, it's a that's a long ass time right savon like and, 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 and what, standing what for 40 minutes a bitch dude and what people don't realize about jiu-jitsu which i think hopefully athletes are waking up to and i think about this all the time working with athletes here in jiu-jitsu is it's an endurance event like dude not only are you going one time for 15 minutes you're then resting recovering and going again in the same day sometimes two maybe even three times in that day so i mean that's that's there's a lot it's like it's like the crossfit games it's like an event, an event, an event. Um, anyway, it's hard because, like, if you look at wrestling, right? Wrestling has one set rules, one specific uh, amount of time that you're going to compete for. So I think it, it makes it much harder to prepare for an event, like similar to CrossFit, where you, you don't know exactly how long you're going to be out there for. So it, it, it makes it tough. I do think if there was a, a standard time, like, all right, 10 minute matches, 15 minute matches. Um, I think if there was a standard time that was throughout the event and through to the final, I think it'd make it much better for the spectators because now you have five, six weight classes, all 40 minute matches. It's like, are you going to sit there for six hours watching matches? I don't think that's uh that's really good for the audience. I saw, I saw that in one of the rules at ADCC, if I, if I heard it right, was that there's uh, you can't score points in the first five minutes. And the reason for that is so that people will take more risks. Yeah, I mean, this is all like it's all just a uh, like develop. They de- developed this rule set like through perspective. Like years ago, they were like, "Oh, we think this will be fun," and you know, they kind of implemented it. But I think they need to have athletes develop a rule set. Um, if I had to pick my own rule set, I'd say ADCC rules points active the whole time, fifteen minute match. If there's no points. Judge the decision, and and uh, if they're points, well, whoever has the most points wins. I think taking the points away from the first five minutes, it kind of does a like it, it. It makes it. I think the idea behind it was good, where they're like, oh, like these people will be more inclined to chase the submission. But what really happens is nobody tries anything till the last five minutes because they're like, oh, I, I can't score. I might as well just fucking cruise. right. It backfires on them. Yeah, I might as well just cruise until points are active. So it makes it a bit tough on some people. And, so, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like some, some of these guys are accustomed to being relaxed and taking breaks when they can. And then when I go in there, I try to kill them from the second it starts to the second it ends. So it, it's a big discrepancy in effort. And, uh, you know, that's why I got, I got to where I got pretty quick. I, I, I did like I, – I don't know who it was, but I saw you do a match one time and it was 15 minutes long. 
And um, it was three rounds, but they didn't let you take a break between rounds. And they just yelled out who was winning. I thought that was fucking kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think that was for grapplings. Uh, who's number one? And yeah, it, it's tough. It, like the one of the hardest aspects of jujitsu is that every time you compete, if it's in a, with a different, uh, in a, if it's in a different event, then it's a different rule set. So like, who's number one has different rule sets than ADCC than submission underground grappling. So like, it's uh, it really does make it hard to game plan when you have, uh, when you're getting scored differently. Will there be a documentary made about your uh, progress this year? Will Will there be a camera crew following you from? When you touch ground in Vegas to the end? Um, I think so. I think Flow Grappling uh, is going to have some guys with us, but I'm not entirely sure. They did drop a Black Belt Slayer 2, which is about my little brother. That's all yep. on YouTube as well. I'm actually going to bug him tonight. Cool. Uh, um, you, you, how, how do you feel about that uh, win, win or lose? How do you feel about a camera in your face after it's over? You comfortable either win or lose? Um, yeah, I mean, the media, you got to have good media if you're going to, you know, kind of grow your brand. So I, I understand it. It's just part of the, the sport and the lifestyle. So the more, you know, content, quality content you create, the more you can document your lifestyle, then, you know, the, the bigger your brand's going to become. Jason was one of the first to figure that out in CrossFit, which was pretty awesome. Um, let me ask you this. So you have someone like Tia at the CrossFit Games, and um, she's now she's suggesting that and she, she's been there six times. And when I if I when I think of people besides she's won Tia, six think, times. she's won six times. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and every time you don't beat her, you missed an opportunity to fucking take her soul, right? Because let if she doesn't come back next year and someone else wins, like now Justin Medeiros didn't he didn't get a chance to beat Matt Fraser, so now he has to build his 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 resume but if he would have fucking beat fraser we'd all be like oh fuck right if, if you if you beat gordon do you see this at all as like you cannot fuck this up like you have to take this and then take all his fucking you because you get all his shit you know what i mean when you beat him like all of us are like well it's done nikki's the best ever uh, yeah I whereas mean, if you don't then you have to fucking you, you get 10 years of work ahead of you and what if you don't see him again what if he gets hit by a bus to, the, the day after the competition yeah, I mean, uh, dark, Siobhan. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to lay out. Lay it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I, I don't really uh, think that in depth into things like that. I just right. take it for what it is. There's yeah. a guy in front of me. He wants to hurt me and I got to hurt him first. Right. Right. Uh, hey, our, that's our, an interesting point, Savon. I hadn't thought about it through that lens, right? Like if you said like Justin beating Frazier would have been different for Justin's You have career. a million followers instead of 500,000. I hate to be so superficial and shallow, but fuck. What, like, yeah, and that, if, and that if he, definitely matters. Yeah. Um, are you in the best shape of your life? Me? Yeah. Um, no, because I, I think I'll be in better shape, uh, you know, as time goes on. I mean, I'm in, I'm in phenomenal shape now. Uh, I've done everything uh, I believe I should be doing to prepare for ADCC properly. Um, I'm in fantastic shape. Uh, but what I will be in the future will, will be a shadow of what this is now. Yeah. You look fucking amazing, dude. Thank well, you. Fuck, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see you. I'm stoked you came on. Um, I'm done with you until, until, until I get the desire to text you again. Jason, you I want to ask you, form? Jason, um, are there any movements in CrossFit that, that you think people should, should just avoid? Like a common workout or movement that's just like kind of unnecessary and maybe maybe just gives you a, a bit more risk 
uh, for jits or for just in general? Well, I get, I get, I think just for like uh, fitness in general. Like, it, uh, is there any specific like workouts or 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 movements that we sh- that somebody like me should avoid just because it's kind of risky or something like that? Yeah, I mean, well, for for me, when I'm working with the guys here, because I've been working heavily with Mason Fowler, who who will be competing at ADCC, mm-hmm. and we really think about like the the big movers, right? The the pressing, the squatting. We do some Olympic lifting from a hang position. But like we don't really do like I'll give you an example for him. We're not doing full squat snatches. We're not doing uh, necessarily rope climbs or muscle ups or handstand pushups. It's just for him and his sport. Anything that's more sport specific to CrossFit, we shy away from that. Really? Rope climb too, Jason? Rope climb? Tell me. It's just like, for example, a rope climb, like he's getting so much grip work with other stuff that he's doing. And we could do that with with hanging towel pull ups. It's just when I think about like in the grand scheme of things, like, look, do our rope climbs beneficial muscles? Of course, like, great, do it. But some of those are more specific to the sport of CrossFit. I think about what is a baseline for general strength conditioning and then how does that relate to jiu-jitsu? So we avoid things like, like, for example, overhead squat for him. Is there a benefit for core development? Absolutely. But if I only have so much time with our athletes, I'd rather have them probably doing front squat or back squat, or box squat, or something of that nature. So I would be avoiding anything that like requires a significant amount of skill set that is more relatable to a, the sport of fitness versus your sport, if that makes sense. Uh, I see, I see. Like pistols. I used to pistols live- are a great example. Yeah. Would never have you do them. Oh, let me let me just push back real quick on one thing. Sorry, sorry, Nikki. Let me push back. I I think pistols are okay if you do them as candlesticks, as you do them as negatives. I I, so so basically instead of instead like go down slowly and then roll to your back, as opposed to doing a pistol going down and trying to stand back up. And I would say the same thing with bar muscle ups. If you're if you're if you want to protect your shoulder, I would do bar muscle ups from the top. I'd climb up top and do a slow negative. And, sure. I, and, and and then I would warm up like that as opposed to like fucking pulling through doing a chicken wing and hurting yourself. And I would say that, I mean, candlesticks are fucking great for your core too, right? Do, do single leg candlesticks. Yeah. I mean, you, don't even, have to, you like, don't even have to stand back up from the bottom. You could roll to your side and do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, Nikki, let's put it this way. If you had limited time and you were trying to get the most value out of your quote unquote CrossFit training, there's a, there's a, there's a, so let's just say CrossFit's out here in terms of margins, right? And over here you have, pistols and squat snatches and fuck whatever i would i would i would be narrowing it down and looking at which ones provide you the best bang for your buck from a time perspective and also are complementary to how your body's feeling like for example in jits if you're always pulling if you're always in this position maybe doing some curls or hanging from a bar really opens up that shoulder i start watching specific deficiencies that are developed in jiu-jitsu because of all your wrestling and rounded positions and those are the things that we've been focusing on more and more um, in, in like the training that I do with the jiu-jitsu guys versus like a general fitness program or even the sport of fitness, which is CrossFit, you know? I got what, you. what do you think you should avoid, uh, Nikki? What, what have you seen that you're like, ah, that fucking thing is too risky? Well, I mean, there's, uh, I think body styles, you know, like what, what you're naturally able to do matters a lot. But like I lifted a lot previously – as a bodybuilder, like trying to put on, put on muscle. But now I, uh, I see like when I'm doing jits, 
I'm less moving an opponent, but but rather I'm moving myself around an opponent. So like I like the idea of moving my body weight uh, as much as possible, whether I'm doing muscle ups, pull ups, or you know body weight exercises. Or if I have a bar, I don't. I rarely exceed my own my own body weight when I'm I'm pulling on a bar. So like, um, yeah, I think just having the idea of being better at moving my own body around around people as opposed to moving moving that person, moving that heavy uh, amount of weight. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the stuff that you're doing online and like the stuff that you and I even worked in person. And those are the things that give you good bang for the buck, the hang cleans, the thrusters, the burpees, the, the, the rowing, those are all phenomenal for carryover to jujitsu. Um, and then also a lot more mobility work. You know, I think that we don't do enough soft tissue work in terms of like pre and post. That's something I've been working on quad smashing couch stretch. Those are things I think would also help your jits. And uh, just your body feeling really good, but yeah, the stuff you're doing looks good. It's the it's the it's the outer layers of movement that require a significant amount of technique. You're getting coached in jujitsu, so unless you're getting coached in your movement as well, I would avoid like certain movements that are kind of like like a full squat snatch requires a coach to kind of look and see how you're moving. I just think for you, it, it just might not be the right time for that. You know, maybe after ADCC, fuck yeah, if you want to learn how to do that, I could definitely help you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I hear you, man. Yeah, sandbag work. That's a good way to Awesome, dude. Thanks for coming on. I'm pumped to watch. Hey, where can people watch? Is it, do, you, do you have to subscribe? Is it Flow? Is it YouTube? How do people watch? Um, you know? Yeah, I believe you have to subscribe to Full Grappling to watch it live. And then they're, they're going to drop some matches on, on YouTube as well. Yeah. Would you be handing your Instagram account over to anyone, like a friend, or to, to make sure they're getting good shit for us? To who? To um, I'll I'll be posting. I'll have I'll have some posts uh, set up. Usually, I get flooded with uh, pictures and stuff like after every matches, so I'll keep you guys posted throughout the throughout the event. All right, cool, dude. You the man. Yeah, dude, I'm fired up. I'll be there, Nikki. So I'll be uh I'll be rooting for you. Um, yeah, man, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be an exciting time. All right, but I'll see you in Vegas, man. All right, cheers, dude. Thank you. Yep, thank you. I didn't even get to kick him off. He kicked do himself I, off. Do I close out now? Or how does that work? You can, if you want to. You can hang on with me. We're still live. Oh, you're still live. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Oh, what's up, Matt? What's up, brother? <clears throat> I have calling number. This is where how it gets did, spicy uh, at the end. Yeah, this is where it gets, <laughs> where it gets crazy. It's going to get weird. Uh, those of you who were expecting Alex Stein, um, he, at the last minute, said he couldn't make the show. He's, it sounds like we're rescheduling him for Thursday. For those of yeah. you who don't know who Alex Stein is, he went to war with AOC on the Capitol Steps, told her she had a, she was a big booty hoe. And then <laughs> big booty Latina. He, yeah. <laughs> and then recently he, he fucking schooled David Portnoy from Barstool Sports, fucking schooled his ass. He's getting lit uh, up now. Yeah. Uh, so, but Alex... I don't know what he's doing. Hopefully he's getting testosterone treatment or something. He's getting off on your horn. Hey, how funny was that? Uh, what did you call it where you don't uh, – Edging, don't come? edging, edging. Dude, I've never heard it <laughs> referred to as that. I got – dude, that was good. I, popular, um, popular topic on this show, edging. Yeah. <laughs> we, bring it up with, we bring it up with all the high performers. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, hey, Savon, I hope everybody's listening. Has a great day. Um, and how quick does Jason bounce? Oh, meaning how quick before you leave the show? Oh. He, hey, oh. he's on his way out. Don't interrupt him. He's giving his final monologue. Don't interrupt him. Again. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, man. Always a good time. And, yeah, Nicky Rod, he'll, he's going to go 
it's going to be a, a really legit competition coming up in Vegas. So if you guys are not into jujitsu, I, th- I think it'll still be exciting. Hey, Jason. Sorry, quick quick question, man. If we were to start rolling through a ton of these jujitsu players, what are the likelihood to get you on a kind of co-host like this in the future? Oh, dude, I'll talk to any of these guys, man. I love jujitsu. You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm hopefully, you know, going to be getting my next belt by the end of the year. Um, I'm competing. Brown belt? Yeah. Oh, wow, shit. Wow, shit. Yeah. Um, I'm competing in a couple of days, uh, trying to put my money where my mouth is, where, you know, I'm a big believer in, like, getting uncomfortable and putting in the effort. And uh, you might as well go see how you stack up against your competitors. So Are I'm you doing that. Santa Cruz on the 16th? For the uh, at the Kaiser? No, because that's a. Um, oh, that's the same weekend as ADCC. Okay. Yeah. No. So this weekend, this weekend is in Vegas. I'm going to Vegas on Friday um, to go compete for Master Worlds, which is like if you basically the way I was told is like if you're an amateur and you're not like a professional jiu-jitsu athlete, this is you know the biggest competition of the year. So there's 30 people in my in my bracket, which is a lot. And uh, for me to win, you know, I'll take like five fights. So I'll keep you guys posted on how it goes. Hey, dude. It goes really good. You know what I would do? Doesn't I won't. (laughs) Hey, hey Jason, why don't you have someone stream with your phone directly to your YouTube channel? Susan and I were talking about this. All your matches just from the fucking stands. Oh, so they don't have to be seen on Flow Grappling. So I'm having someone come to film them. But I don't know, like, what the rules are. I'll have to. Anyway, yes. If I could do stuff like that, I will. Especially if I'm winning, I'll definitely do it. Um, but do you, know, I also, do you know any? Do you know the top guy in that class? Is he a no. beast? No, you don't even know him. You haven't researched him. Nothing. I don't know anybody. I, I don't know who I'm going with. I, like I, the brackets come out tomorrow, so we'll see what's up. But yeah, and then and then and then and then boom! After that, full throttle to train for the Rogue Invitational. In regards to some of these questions about um, the weight on the barbell in the video, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with what that is, uh, Bailey. So um, I'll have to go look at it up. I, I'm unfamiliar with any controversy. Oh, so basically what happened is, is uh, Travis, uh, I think it's this. There was a couple it, of them, I think, yeah. If, if you could pull up Travis Mayer's, what's Caleb laughing at? If you could pull up Travis Mayer's Instagram account, Caleb. Um, basically, Travis did the workout, but he forgot to show the weight of his bar and the weight of his weights you had on a scale. Yeah. You had to actually put it on the scale. And even oh. though, and, and so he didn't qualify. And so he doesn't get to go. He, he got, he got oh. his, and Travis takes full responsibility for it. He says, Hey, that's my fault. I didn't follow the rules yet. These obviously are rogue weights and a rogue bar. So it was a little weird. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Oh man. That's that like sucks, one of those right? like, yeah, but you know what though? The thing about that is, and I was unfamiliar with this, but the thing about that is like, so this dude's obviously legit. There's no question that Travis Mayer is legit as hell, right? right yeah. And there's no question that those are rogue 45 pound bumper plates and no question that's a rogue barbell. Yeah. Um, I think where it gets iffy is that they make an exception for him, right? Yeah, then sure. it's like, oh, well, why is the exception? Well, he's a premier CrossFit Games athlete using rogue equipment. Well, it just, it just opens the door to other, you know, kind of issues in the future. So I could see why they didn't do that. Yeah, so, and if they let him in, then then of course the next question came with who did he sleep with to get uh, <laughs> to get that question? kind of variance to get that special treatment, <laughs> and that's immediately where we go, right, Jason? Yeah, yeah. It, well, I don't know about sleeping. With somebody. I'm not. That's not my. It's not part of my uh, my normal routine, but um, strategy of his. <laughs> it's not a strategy of mine. Nor would my wife slept his way. Jason slept his way to the podium one year. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, hey, I guess uh, you guys, uh, yeah, all good. Um, to answer some of the questions from earlier, um, yes, uh, I've been having a lot of talks with uh, CrossFit 
and they've been going really well. I've been talking to Dave, been talking to Don a lot. I've known Don for a long time. I think he's going to be doing some really good things across, I think, the leadership you area. Did know, you did know Don? How do you know Don? Um, I just, I knew him through, because he's in, he's in the Bay Area, so I've known him for a while. Did you ever train with him? Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Shit. That's really cool. I talked to him before he came, I talked to him before he became CEO as well. That's what I mean. So like you knew him. Yeah. You, it, you like years ago, like you've yeah. seen him around the CrossFit space. I, th- I want to say that he trained at CrossFit Palo Alto, right? Um, no, he was, he was training for a while at Redwood city with us. Oh, at, oh, at cool. NC fit. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that was, yeah. And he's, he bounced, you know, he goes around, but yeah. So I've, I've known him for a while and I think he's going to do really good things. So, um, I, that is very reassuring for me and, and all the other leadership. I think, I think he's in a, I think there's a lot of, a lot of upside and great potential for CrossFit right now. So it, 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 it's exciting having conversations with them because it's probably the best I've felt with them in, um, you know, years, um, as far as like where the direction is going, you know, I think since that, 2008, uh, since you walked off the podium in 2008, no, 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 I'm going to keep having good conversations with them and maybe we'll, maybe we'll reconvene another podcast at some time and talk through some more strategy stuff. Savon, but, I mean, yeah, your, yeah. your friendship with Dave is the, is the closest it's, it's ever been. Yeah. I mean with Dave, yeah. you know, it, it, and this is a really good testament just to like life and perspective in general, like people, you know, I, I think people can have disagreements in certain areas. Maybe they could see things differently because of their whatever. Um, but over time, I think as long as you're mutually aligned, I, you know, I think Dave's a good guy. And I think that he's gone, he's done a lot for CrossFit. He's done a lot for the sport. He's done a lot for me personally. Shit, he's the first person that hired me for CrossFit HQ to teach seminars where I learned a lot of the craft. He's the first one that gave me an opportunity to, you know, win the CrossFit Games, which, you know, catapulted a bunch of stuff so i have a lot of you know love and respect for him and what he's done for me and we just kind of saw things a little bit differently over the years um i was a little bit you know and and some other people uh, at hq and um but that's changed so things have changed and so it requires more of a conversation now awesome that is cool and and you took your son there to uh shoot with him at the ranch multiple times oh yeah 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 yeah. my son um my son is a good sign yeah, my son's really interested in, um, in, in, yeah, he's, he, he loves the marksmanship side. So it's been great. I mean, who he's better healthy, to learn from than him? Yeah, he's a healthy exactly. young man who has an affinity for guns. Uh, <laughs> in a healthy way. <laughs> All right, Jason. Thanks, bro. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, yeah, Jason. Bye. Uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I saw a, post on youtube that um some that dave or someone took and posted on um instagram where it talks about dave and i working out at an affiliate together in san diego and he, he takes some shots at me like basically dave saying does that, dave does yeah uh-oh Is, i think it's on the maybe posted? it's on the gone rogue instagram account and he takes some shots at me uh it's it's not how i remember it um it going down the workout <laughs> Um, basically basically i I he claims that like i think he got 22 minutes and i got 27 minutes and i and i and and i scaled and i was claiming that i was really (laughs) close to him and he goes and he's telling me how absurd it is that is it did you post it on yes hi hi jesus coming in welcome what's up bud how are you oh shit he did it again well, welcome to the Matt Show. I am uh, here. Caleb, don't steal my thunder by putting this up now, damn it. 
Get that out of here. Get that out of here. It's my time to shine, buddy. My goodness. I have the whole thing to myself, and you put up a video. I was just getting ready to kill it. But when I swipe down sometimes, it just knocks me off the podcast. Yeah, the laptop does that. Rookie. Yeah. Rookie mistakes, man. Rookie mistakes. Come yes. on, clean it up. Yes, only 600 shows. I'm sorry. You don't have to shout. We can hear you. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh, just wanted to call and say I appreciate your show. Listen to it a lot. Uh, you know, definitely like what you guys are doing. So great job. Have a good day. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Keep the edging up. <laughs> so. Oh, geez, Louise is coming in. I told that when he dropped off the second time, I was like, this is it. It's my time to shine. Here we go. (laughs) Geez, Louise says it dropped by 50 people. Great. Play this clip, and then I'm going to tell a story. This is from the Gone Rogue uh, Instagram account. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is my Instagram. Not that one? Uh, Call her high. Hey, tell those wrenches to let me out of timeout. Oh, uh, what's your name? Elise. Oh wait, why are you in time out? Radow, you got you got fucking timed out. I guess. How is that possible? Someone must have done it on accident. There's oh, no shit. way. Someone's gonna lose their wrench. I know who wrench. Who did who that? Did, to who did, who wrenched you? Oh, look at Heidi. I don't says, know. I hope it's Elise calling in. Hey, what does that mean that you timed out? What did you say? Did you talk about how short I was or something? That's the only. That's the only. No. Thing not allowed to talk about. I was. I always behave. Always. Yeah. Um. Huh, I wonder what happened. How did they untime out you? Oh, Bruce. Someone put Bruce, you motherfucker. Bruce? Did yeah, it? Bruce did it. He's been drinking or what? Why? Yeah, how can you? Here, what if we give Elise? Can we go? Oh, can we give Elise a Yeah, g- give her Bruce's wrench. I need a hammer. Can you make my wrench <laughs> a hammer? Uh, no one should yeah, ever hell, be Bruce? put on. No one really should ever be put on timeout. Yeah, just the bots, guys. Just the yeah, bots. Yeah, just the bots. I think they were just kidding, but oh, all right. let's yeah, not let not it happen. Really, because if you're on actual timeout, it's not well, a How long does a timeout last? It's like 15 it minutes. It lasted a long time. Oh. I put like 10 comments up. God. Damn it, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Look at he's laughing. All right, he all right. You get it straightened out. Funny. I'll let you go. Okay. Yeah, we'll handle the matter. Don't worry. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's play this clip. Let's play, let's play a few minutes of this. I, what the fuck is Dave saying? Let's see what we have here drop in and take the hour of class. I took Sevon with me to one of them and uh, there was this massive chipper and uh, he, we finished it and he's like, dude, I was right on your, I was right on your tail. He goes, I finished right behind you. And I was like, dude, that's 22 minutes. And he goes, yeah, it's 27 minutes. I was right behind you. I'm like, you weren't even fucking close. And not only were you not close, you scaled like five or six things and I didn't scale anything. He's like, oh, oops. He goes, oh, not a big deal. Not a big deal. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'd like to compare apples to apples and not apples to oranges. Okay. Okay. I did this okay. workout once you, with me, Sevon. I want to tell you a little bit how I remember. There's a little, so whatever the workout was, I can't remember what the workout was. It was a chipper and we ended up, yes, I'm glad you're free. And we ended up outside with a bar. We had to do something with a bar outside. And it, we, basically whatever it was, it did go down. I think I was probably five minutes. I finished five minutes behind him, but how I remember it is let's say it was like, um, uh, um, lunges with 135 pounds at the end. It, I, I came unglued with five reps left and put on two minutes or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my story and say I was close, but I want to tell you another story about the first time. Maybe the first time I worked out with Dave, it was me, Dave. And, uh, I, I want to say it was even Justin Berg. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe and maybe and maybe someone else i don't remember maybe there were four of us and there was only one bar and in this workout there were 135 pound thrusters and so they put everyone in order of who they thought was the because you had to pass through the 135 pound thruster bar like four or five times it was like five rounds and they put everyone in order of uh um of who they thought was the best and i was at the last and I'm thinking to myself, like I was a thruster machine back in my day. 135 pound thruster, that was my go-to. I warm up with that shit. Oh, but I just damn. kept my mouth shut. And as I remember, as I remember, I was fucking always waiting. Davey <laughs> put himself right up in the front, and I was always every round, every round except the first round, I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> had the fastest thrusters. That's a, that's a, how about that one, Davey? How about that one? In the garage in San Diego, the San Diego house. Mm, clip it. When, when, you, when, when you were rich, when you were rich, when you, lived, when, you lived with, when you lived with the rich and famous in San Diego, Davey, your neighbor had the Lambo. Your neighbor had the Lambo. Remember that house? And you lived in the sweet cul-de-sac. Uh, we're getting the trendy cul-de-sac. Now. Motherfucker. <laughs> Don't. Telling stories. I'll tell you, I got some stories of working out with you. We've all seen the deadlift. Yeah. At least the deadlift, he stood it up. <laughs> just just took a minute. An hour later. You better stick, uh, you better stick to telling bar muscle up stories. You're a fucking one trick pony. Way to pull up some bar muscle up stories. <clears throat> Douche. Feel workout video coming to the newsletter soon. I, I, I've been in I've been in uh, uh, Newport for two weeks, and I'm, I'm and Dave thinks he can talk shit. I'm go, I'm coming home, I'm coming home. Daddy's coming home. Don't forget, I live eleven miles. I know where you fucking live. I got the I got I know the code to your fucking little gated community there in fucking Choloville. Don't think I don't know it. He thinks you're getting soft on that that memory foam mattress there. Fuck that dude, dude talking talking shit. Oh yeah, you did get called out by Kerstetter. I and I am going to do that. What was that workout? I, w- I will do that. And toes the bar. I saw, oh yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. That's going to be a problem. Every I, time I, I see those, I just feel bad for your back. I'm like, ah, oh, can we pick another one? I can do toes to bar. I'm going to have to. Re- I don't even know if I. Oh god. Mm. It ends at like 185, I think, for the weight that you. Yeah, I don't. I, I know. I don't even think I've clean and jerked. Uh, I don't even think I've clean and jerked 155 and. Ever, but I, I've been fucking around with 135. Oh, look at that shrug. What's what is? Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> we do that one. I'll have to tender. It's I'll, tender. I'll come it's over tender. and coach you. We'll get a good feels warm up like, going. Feels like someone has a fucking thumb in my ass when I do that. <laughs> we'll get some bird dogs going. Hypothetically speaking, of course. I, how would I know? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, um, so I guess no Alex Stein. Uh, we, we'll reschedule yeah, him, hope, hopefully for uh, later on. And then um, tonight we have Jorge Ventura. Uh, there is a documentary called Narcofornia. Nar- Narcofornia. Uh, the Daily Caller put it out, um, and it's uh, Jorge Ventura's uh, documentary. And uh, I watched it last night, and we will be talking about it today. Fuck, it's kind of scary what's going on in California. Gavin Newsom's not a good, not a really good dude. <laughs> Gavin Newsom's a fucking joke. Well, it, it, it's um. Do you see that video when he's standing in the railroad tracks in L.A., like of the commuter train, and it just looks like 
looks like a war torn third world country. He's like, how did it get like this? I don't get it. It's like, what the fuck, motherfucker? Well, you have French laundry dicking yes. around with your rich yes. friends. Everybody yes. else is over here getting the sludge. Well, we're going to tax you more, though. Yeah, fuck off. Man, I mean, we had a chance to recall him, and we didn't. It's bizarre. Well, we didn't because the person was a fringe minority racist. Oh, oh, Larry Dude. Elder. Oh, I don't have the book here. I'm reading this book called Sway. It's like you know, you know, he said that by the way that everyone who support Larry Elder's a black guy for those you don't know, and he said that everyone who supported him was a racist. Was racist. It was a. Fu- it was crazy. The, but the book that I'm reading now. By the way, Gavin Newsom doesn't look so good anymore. No, something looks like it's wrong with him. I wonder. You, I no. think he's a former drug addict. I wonder if he's back on the on the. He's sauce. probably still a drug addict. You know the whole thing with like the family and him and um Nancy Pelosi and how they're all related and how far back it goes and how much it spans out to the other forms of politics in the country. Yeah, look it's at nuts. Sean M. Gavin's a good dude. Oh my god, <laughs> he must own French Laundry. Sean M. must must lo- uh, own a couple hey, of rich restaurants. There becomes a point where shit's so bad it doesn't matter what you do. Right. So like like shit is so bad in California. Like if you're a Democrat, you should just be like, OK, I'm going to vote Republican. Or it, let's say if there was a Republican in office. It's shit so bad. It's like, hey, I should go the other way. Like oh, the man. same shit has been being tried here. I'm 50. I think we've been doing the same shit now for probably 30 years. And we we're on a 30 year slump. Like, I don't understand why. Like, how about just try something different? Yeah, it's because Besides they're not interested. For they're not, they're not interested in that. That's yeah. the yeah. That's the that's the issue. It's that they're they're more so interested in just consuming and uh, maintaining power than they are actually helping the people. I mean, think about how terrible they are of users of capital or money. Right? You give them a bunch of money, and it just gets worse. And the next year, we give them more money, and it gets worse. I mean, yeah, he looks. If, that looks like an alcoholic to me. Look at that skin. That's some yeah, fucking yeah, red. Awesome. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like super thin. Something's wrong. I mean, some, no, no one. I don't know anyone whose skin colors looks like that and is healthy. Dude, how long would would we st- would I still be around if I was like, hey, Savon, I could do this for the podcast, but I need more money. And you're like, okay, I dig it. I'm into it. Here's more money. And the next year, I'm like, hey, I know we didn't meet those goals, but I'm going to this year. I need more money though. And you're like, okay. I mean, how many years are you going to just keep giving me more and more as the quality of what you're receiving for that money goes worse and worse and worse? At some right. point, someone has to look around and be like, hey, what what's happening here? And that's the deal. But the book that I'm reading is um, while uh, why rational, intelligent people make irrational decisions, and how you could kind of get Wait, sucked into this. Say it, say it again. I'm going to look it up. It's it's called Sway. I don't I don't have it with me. I just started. I'm only a few pages in, so irrational I don't. Rational decisions. You like it's called it Sway? Yeah, because right away it started off with um, these mistakes that were made by people that were really top in their profession or industry would normally wouldn't have made mistakes, and those decisions that led them to. And a lot of it has to do with um, societal pressure and different things like that. Like we were talking a lot, a couple of rants ago when you were saying everybody came out and came, yep, that's it. That's it. Everybody came in and, uh, canceled Glassman and you're kind of like, what happened to the consciousness level of the whole society during that time? It just went somewhere else like Salem witch trial status. Right. And, uh, right. this, this book here, as I was reading some of it, I was like, Oh shit. Like this is, it, it kind of gives theories and explanations as to why something like that could happen especially with really smart, intelligent people like our doctors, our trusted doctors and scientists. Why would they all lead us down this path of weird corruption and false medicine that doesn't work? Hey, have you seen this? um, Have you seen this uh, Asian lady? She's a um, long black hair, 
she was a CNN medical an, an, uh, analyst. Have you seen now she's decided that it was it was wrong to put her kid in a mask for the last two years? Oh, shit. She just woke up. <laughs> it's too late. It is too late. It's too late. I mean, for them, I mean, it's, 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 but, 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 but she, but she also says she wouldn't judge anyone who gave their kids the vaccine. It, it's too late past that, too. It's like, it's too, it's too, it's too late for, for you guys. Sorry. Yeah. It's like objective thinking, like way after the fact. It's, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't get to cut off your arm and then, and then uh, it, it's not, it's not that I don't have compassion for you. It's not that, um, I don't want anyone to to get hurt. It's just that, like, you you crash the car, it's yeah. done. There's you're not going back from. Uh, why do you think the people? Why do you think us as people like accept that shit? Like we accept this poor leadership from our governments. We accept the fact that more money's being taken. We accept the fact that it's just getting worse. But like at the same time, we have this. Uh, over sense of entitlement when you go you go to like the small business owner and you're like hey motherfucker this bathroom was out of toilet paper and i paid five dollar for this coffee it needs to be in here i'm upset and you're like realize that the margins on that coffee shop are next to nothing the guy owning it is just barely surviving and you're going to come there and ridicule and expect what you deserve but yet when it comes to a larger scale even on a local level inside our own cities no one's getting involved with their city council no one's trying to make change nobody's holding any of these people accountable to their actions it's just it's so weird it's so weird when uh, when people say CrossFit gyms are too expensive or that it's bougie or any of that shit, that oh shit just gosh. fucking drives me crazy. Yeah, go to Rogue and add a few things in the cart, so it's that that shit drives me fucking nuts. Hey, no one back in the day went to a fucking affiliate. We all fucking got our shit for free off of .dot com, where you can still go get it for free. Especially the soldiers in this country. Yeah, remember the ghetto galvanized the piping pull-up bars? You yeah, just all go to Home shit. Depot and just get the plumbing pull-up bar. It's too small of a diameter, tore up your hand. <laughs> hey, where am I going to get a steel pole? I need a steel pole for my kids to climb, and galvanized poles are fucked. Everywhere I read about them, it's like, hey, you can't have kids climbing those. You, you'll fuck them up. You'll get them sick. Where do I oh, find like the it? Metals? Oh, yeah, like, where do you find a metal Maybe, pole? Some, sometimes at like Home Depot and Lowe's, they'll sell like kids play areas. Yeah. And sometimes they'll have one, like you can get like one attached to like to that play area. I need, I, I need, I need a 15 foot pole. Yeah. Or, or longer or longer. I need a 15 foot pole for my, for my backyard. I, Cause we have like all the ropes. I want to have a pole. Yeah. Have I you guys ever seen a rope? Up. Oh, right have here. You, this one attaches into a wall. Have you guys uh, ever seen a rope break? Yes. Besides, yeah. You have. Yes. The ones that were left outside. Well, in yeah. Person? The one that I had like lasted an entire winter and then Not in person. right after the winter, it like popped right off. Yeah. Cause I have all these ropes outside and I wonder if they're ever going to break. They're compromised for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I they was are watching you do that rope climb workout. I was like, Ooh, good thing. It's not too high up there. Cause yeah. You, it's you compromised. Those change soon. Yeah. It's usually the integrity of the rope like where it attaches into the metal piece where I've seen them break. It's the, the rope. Where mine's in not, mine's in knots. Mine's it's in knotted knots. around the top yeah. of the, yeah. okay. That might, that might be a little bit better, but I have seen ropes just break in the middle and mm -hmm. some of mine in the middle are starting to fray. Mm. The They're not cheap. Pretty, it's the, 70 bucks or 80 bucks for a new rope. It's not cheap. Yeah. yeah. Usually <laughs> for mine that are like on the 30 foot ceiling, they're like a hundred and something for a new rope. I stopped getting the, um, the, whatever it is, twine 
style rope and got like these black cloth ones because they would shred so fast and it was so much to pick up all over the affiliate and you'd only have them for less than six months. So yeah, Christine, you weigh 80 pounds. I fucking saw you in person. <laughs> yours, yours will never break. <laughs> if yours breaks, you probably will still float in the air for a few minutes. <laughs> like waft down like a piece of paper yeah, she's tiny she's tiny <laughs> she's land. one of those people that when i talk to i go like this hey nice to meet you Want my autograph crumb 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 all right uh i will see you guys tonight at 7 p.m thanks everyone for checking in good show nikki rod you're a beast good luck at adcc mm-hmm. adcc abu dhabi combat club hopefully we'll get j rod on his younger brother uh before the event